Hello, hello, folks, and welcome to episode 105 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. Today, I have not one, but two very special guests. Me and Jeej and Ahab have been back and forth on this for a while. Sometimes the universe likes to get in the way, but we've been persistent, haven't we, Jeej, and made sure it happened. We've had power cuts, technical problems, all manner of stuff. Yeah, that was, yeah, we both were deciding whether we should give up on this or not. Something was getting in our way, but we figured it out. Yeah, well, I'm glad we didn't give up because I think this is going to be a great episode. There's some great stories to be told here with that three foot high, 40 pound, bright yellow wooden <laughs> fisherman slash wannabe pirate next to you called Captain mm-hmm. Ahab. I'll give you guys a little bit of background on on Jeej and the wooden guy next to him. Jeej is the caretaker and keeper of Chronicles and the voice of Ahab's adventures. An average year for these guys involves jumping out of planes, whitewater rafting, exploring countless national parks and heritage sites, and taking the tours through various different countries in historic buildings, getting lost in waterfalls and in peninsulas, hitchhiking throughout Patagonia, the Virgin Islands being part of state fairs, the Iowa State Fair to be precise, and the butter cow, sorry, the butter cow exhibit at the Iowa State Fair, which sounds like a lot of fun all by itself. <laughs> it, I mean, it's just an amazing story. And Captain, Captain Ahab, I know, has been in your family, Jude, for seven decades. Together, you guys are on a mission to conquer your bucket list together and show to people that if you can conquer your bucket list with a 40-pound wooden character with you pirate sorry not character then anyone else can do it too and, and i think that's you know why i was so happy to have you on the show today because i like to inspire and motivate people as much as i can on this show and it seems like you're aligned with that similar thing so let's pull back though jeej how did ahab come to be in your family he's been in there for over 70 years yeah so it was actually world war ii was the reason that he's in my family so my grandfather was drafted into the Navy. And when he did that, he, he met a few guys at the, um, you know, when it was all starting before they got sent off to the South Pacific and they would, they would all, the officers would take out all the, all the guys in the service, like the night before they left port type of thing. Everybody was nervous about leaving the next day. Some people might not come home, things like that. And while they were in the pub, the night before they left port, they were hearing all these old stories, whether they're war stories or adventure stories type of thing. But they all revolved around the servicemen going into that port town and commandeering an item from the town. And the idea was to make it like a stowaway on the ship. And you'd write a little yeah. scrapbook to the parents the whole time. And when you got hopefully back safely, you'd bring that scrapbook and the lawn ornament or sign or whatever it was back to the house, knock on the door, hide in the bushes, and you'd leave the lawn ornament in the scrapbook of his travels there. Uh-huh. And you would see when they opened it, the one sad parents would become very happy because they would have a story about right. where the character had went. But for my grandfather and his, you know, soon to be war comrades there, um, they did all this. But when they got back to port, they were so inebriated that night before they left that some of the details from that night didn't stay with them a year and a half later. So they got to on the dock of that, you know, off the boat, they're at the dock, all excited to bring them back and all this, this, that, and the other thing. And one by one, they go around the circle and realize nobody had 
taken the task of writing down the address or remembering it. They all thought the next guy would. So instead of sort of giving up on this prank that they started, they decided to take him home. And a few years later, they all bought a, a farmhouse together in the Catskills of New York. And every year they decided to go back to this farmhouse and have a reunion. And as they got older, they started to have families you know, they had kids, their kids had kids. And then there was 34 of us that were at this big celebration every year, plus all of their, you know, old war buddies and other families and things. And it just turned into this big celebration and it actually revolved around the statue. But as kids, none of us really knew it was that we just thought it was a big family reunion. We didn't realize some of these guys weren't related by, by blood, but they made a family through the service. And then so yeah, and that's at 10 years old, I found a late night card game going on between these men that were all in the service together. And I found out that they never won like the jackpot in the middle, but they, whoever won the game, won the destination for Ahab. So every year they would add one more destination to that, to that scrapbook that they had. So they kept the prank just going and going, figuring maybe someday somebody would find them or, or you know, find its way back to them through yeah. all these travels. But yeah, but what changed was on my 19th birthday, after that card game had all been done, usually they would disappear, you know, by the next morning. But I went out to the, the barn where they held it the next morning and my grandfather and all the buddies there, the war buddies who were, were my uncles at that point, they handed me an envelope full of the winnings from the card game and told me it was my time to carry on this tradition with Ahab and to wake up my friends, put Ahab in the car and start driving. So that was 19 years ago. In a few months, it'll be exactly 19 years I've been doing this. So we haven't looked back since. What a story. What a story. I never knew because you, you see this happening, you know, where people take um, sort of like a, an ornament or a cuddly toy or something mm -hmm. on their track with them and they keep a diary but i never knew that that's the actual history of where that story comes from of servicemen taking stuff from towns those towns must have not had a lot left in them if they kept doing that all the time. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. i always um, joke now that we're you know out and about speaking and things everywhere we go and tell the story i always joke that i'm going to get a paper or somebody's going to mail me one and it'll say like lawn gnome theft up 30 percent since you know captain ahab came to town type of thing yeah yeah or that someone just goes, hey, I mean, it's been 70 years now, so it's a long time. Yeah. Um, someone goes, hey, isn't that, wasn't that in our front garden? Right. <laughs> you know, That's what, yeah, I always joke that I really hope one day there is like the other side of this coin where there's grandchildren or great grandchildren that are like, we've been hearing stories about, you know, my grandfather or grandmother carved this thing and it was in their family for so, you know, and just the other side that's been hunting for it. I don't mm -hmm. think it'll happen, but. If we make the story big enough, somebody will come forward someday and try to claim it one way or another. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful hand-carved piece. Someone's taken a lot of their time to do that. And the detail on it, I can see, and over the camera, I can see there's, like, de real detail in all the beard and stuff like that. Yeah. He's a very serious-looking guy, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, 40 pounds as well, I wouldn't want to mess with him. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it depends the angle you look at him. But, yeah, he's a, yeah. he's got a serious face on him. He sure has. Um like most fishermen of age, I suppose, you know, it's a pretty rough life. Mm -hmm. Where was the first place you took him when you got in the car with your buddies at 19? So we went down to Florida. One of the, the uncles in the family, you know, as they got older, they were in their seventies when they passed them on to me. 
So one of them didn't make it up from Florida that year where he lived. So we took a road trip with Ahab down to see him just so he would get his picture with him type of thing or, you know, what, you know, what they did with him every year. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. It's such a great story and, and so great that you kept it going. I think it's important to keep family traditions going and carry them forward. And I mean, have you got kids yourself now? I don't. I have a lot of nieces and nephews type yeah. of thing. And I think that's the way, you know, who knows what's in the cards for me, but it's more this family was built out of strangers. So I don't plan to pass it on to somebody that's directly blood related to me. It's just got to be somebody in our family type of thing, you know, and yeah. there's, yeah. and the people I've met over the years and the people that sit around that card table with me now, when, you know, it's not there, we don't get together once a year. We have different people from different walks of life and different areas and everybody sort of comes and goes out of Ahab's life in their own time. So, you know, in the winter, sometimes we get one group of, of our friends that come around and some people come on road trips with us. Other people come to speaking engagements, but it's not just a once a year celebration anymore. It's, Whenever you can find an excuse to get something crossed off your bucket list or your a goal, we encourage yeah. it and we try to come with everybody or they try to come with us every time. I like that. It's a great, great initiative and a great way of inspiring other people. One thing I've got to ask, because I was wondering when I was reading up about you and Ahab, is when you jumped out of the plane, did he actually jump out of the plane? Was he actually strapped to someone? Yeah. So we did, we did a <laughs> tandem, yeah. <laughs> We we're we we're very worried that he was gonna. We were debating who he should jump with, type of thing. At yeah. the it, we were, it was in Jumptown in Orange, Massachusetts. They we've been with them two different times now. One we did a group activity with them, which they were super hospitable about, and and the other time was just solo with me and Ahab. Um, but when we got there, they were debating, yeah, how to strap him in, and when the chute pulled, if it would knock out the person that was, you know, on his yeah. back essentially, and all this stuff. So we had to. We had a full body sort of suit and a helmet and everything just to like make sure that it was safer than it for goofing off like we were. It was still safe, yeah. but but yeah. Yeah, because I've done a skydive and uh, you certainly get thrown around and I can't yeah. imagine being strapped to this fella. So, I mean, you could say he's been on, you know, he's he's lived such a colorful life. He's been, he, I mean... He's well over 80 years old. I mean, who? that's the thing. Who knows how old he was yeah. when he was um, accosted from someone's front lawn? As well, right. you know? Yeah, he could have been there generations with with families. There's been lawn ornaments around since the you know late 1800s, I think, at least detailed carved ones. And then there's other things. So, you know, random facts that I know that since I'm involved with lawn gnomes. But yeah. it's, yeah, it's just, it's crazy how not only how old this is, but it's just that I just get surprised every time that people are still interested in, in helping be, you know, progress this ongoing story and being a part of it. It's just, I I'm motivated every time somebody is motivated by us. So it's just, we recharge each other in that sense. And it's yeah. easy to keep this going. Well, it's, it's a legacy, isn't it really? That's been created. And I think people are excited to be part of something and mm -hmm. part of something different. For sure so and this is something that's very different one thing i wanted to discuss was you know finding a life's purpose of course i'm sure you know you have a lot of adventures with ahab um but it's not your i mean maybe it is look maybe it is your whole entire life purpose but i think you know you've got you've got a uh main job as well if not a couple of jobs mm -hmm. um it's escaped me what you do sorry but um, no that's a 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, but how do you? This has become part of your life's purpose in a way. But what would you, if you're, you know, there's some guys watching this, listening to this at later date. What would you? How would you advise them as to leading into finding their life's purpose? Yeah. So growing up, I, I mentioned my grandfather was drafted into the Navy. Well, he was drafted, but he chose the Navy because he always wanted to be a pirate. And I know that sounds silly, but he found a way to sort of do what he wanted, even though he missed it by a good 300 years to be a true you know, pirate <laughs> that we all dream about. And that's how I sort of grew up being brainwashed that you could get into piracy in that old fashioned sense. And so I went to school for marine biology. I would work as a whitewater raft guide or a summer camp counselor where I taught sailing. All jobs where I sort of, they could be pirate themed or, you know, you could dress like a pirate on the river, things like that. Yeah. So I sort of found ways to go after my passion while I was also getting paid for it. And I think there's aspects of a lot of jobs where if you want to be something, you might not be able to directly do it right away, but there's other ways to sort of balance that equation out. And so we, it's, it's funny because you were saying, you know, outside, I always say my, my professional life is all the things I do with Ahab. And then outside my professional life, I'm a biology lab tech and a whitewater raft guide. It's sort of, I sort of flip it now, but but yeah, it started out as just this life hobby, right? It was something passed to me and it was something you're supposed to do in your free time when you can. And it taught me how to use that 10 minutes every night that I had of free time towards something until it added up to 10 hours that really made it something. Mm -hmm. And then as I devoted more and more time to this, now it's sort of flipped where, yes, I still you know work other jobs, but right before COVID, we were speaking full-time at universities and businesses about, you know, how, how we get so much done and how to motivate yourself to get what you're passionate about done or your projects and, and goals done. So mm -hmm. it coming out of COVID, we'll see which, which ways more, but regardless, uh, this being a life hobby, it, it doesn't, the currency that we make off of it isn't always like a monetary gain, but it's so much more valuable to us that you know, the monetary pieces are always a bonus and they, they fund more adventures and more uh, things for, for the crew, but it'll always be a passionate life hobby at the very least. And that's how it's always, always been. So it, we always get stuff done because we've incorporated a chunk of our life to always being a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's perpetual, isn't it? It's, it's almost grown its own, grown its own legs, you could say. And yeah. Legs but it, around the world. Yeah. But even if, you know, you don't like everybody says like, oh, my my grandparents didn't leave me uh, a to do list or a task list or, you know, a motivation like Ahab. But mm -hmm. you can start one today for generations to come. You can take an object in your house that some relative left you or a friend or something that's just sitting there on the shelf and turn it into that adventure catalyst for yourself. Like you have to take this spoon out of your drawer and bring it all over the world. And making the excuse for the spoon is making the excuse for yourself. And that's all Ahab really is. He's an excuse for me to get rid of all my friends' excuses that when they come up, like a, a good example of that is uh, that card game I talked about every year, you know, they'd all put a, where they wanted to go in an envelope. And one of the uncles, my grandfather's uh, naval buddies there, he'd always write world's largest ball of twine. 
and it was 25 hours away in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. And so I think they always cheated. So he never would win the game because they never wanted to drive there. But when I told that story to my, you know, the first sort of the group of crew, Ahab's first crew, they didn't come up with a single excuse not to do it. They were like, yeah, that's, that's not too far of a drive or that'll take too long or we don't have the money or my girlfriend or boyfriend will probably break up with me type of thing. It was, yes, we have to get Ahab there. But really, they were all making excuses for themselves to go and using Ahab as the excuse. And it's yeah. worked for me like that for 20 years. It's got me to do <laughs> more things outside of my comfort zone. than, And I have a pretty big comfort zone in terms of trying new things. But Ahab has made that bubble almost endless. That's fantastic. He's, he's, uh, I almost expect him. He's got so many stories and so much energy with him in him. I almost expect him to just start speaking in a minute and start telling <laughs> his own stories. I believe that. I believe it. It's a strange thing to say, but I think objects and things can hold energy, you know. And he would always have have a good spirit, spirit and energy around him, just from all the all the fun and laughter and, and joy he's brought to all different parts of the world. Is there anywhere that you've taken him where you've had like a bit of pushback? You mentioned there was a bit of um, hospitality. Hospitality, that's not the word. Hostility there with uh, when you first took him parachuting. Is there any other places that have been like, hey, who's this guy? What are you, what's going on here? Yeah, and, and even with the skydiving, it wasn't, it, they've just never seen it before. That's one of the busy, the worst excuses, right? Yeah. Like, oh, we've never done it that way. Yeah. But at least they were open to creative options and we made it work. Um, there's two places that said no to us in the, in the last two decades. The first one was Mammoth Cave National Park. They just said he might bump into a wall and, and ruin some of, of the, the things in the cave, you know, just yeah. the different organisms and, and things going on in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it sort of made sense. But then, you know, as they told us this, there's 40, you know, 12 year old school children wiping their hands on the walls and, th you know, <laughs> like it was, it was yeah. a silly excuse they made at the time. And I just accepted it because I didn't have enough experience with Ahab yet right. to fix it. But that one, we actually, we just went, what was it three years ago? We called them up. Ahab's much uh, more popular now. And we told them what we do and all the stuff. And not only did they let us come back and do a tour, but they actually, they didn't tell us about it, but they had us speak 500 feet underground to a group of 50 people just with a one wicker lamp, like one lamp. And that was all that lit the whole, the cavern up. And it was, it was an amazing experience. You just, it's an odd feeling being that deep underground. Like, you know, that there's things on top of you and you're sort of surrounded, but you, it's just a different world. So it was well yeah. worth the rejection at first and the effort we put into reversing that rejection. Um, and the one we haven't fixed yet was the Statue of Liberty. She uh, she doesn't return Ahab's calls or, or you know anything like that. So we're going to get those two together at some point. But when we showed up there without a plan, really, they were just like, no, you can't bring that in type of thing. But and usually we don't have to call or anything. We sort of just we don't try to plan it. We just sort of try to let what's going to happen happen. But like I said, that was, so that's really the only place out of the hundreds and hundreds of things that we've done, different adventures, Statue of Liberty is the only one we haven't figured out how to complete yet. Yeah. Oh, that's, it's, I, I can see that you like a challenge evidently. And so does Ahab. So there's no doubt that you'll get it done. It's just a mm -hmm. matter of time. Just a matter of time.
Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying about the caves. I have a thing about caves. I love going. I've been in lots of different ones all around the world, and there's always something very kind of like fascinating, mysterious about it. And I bet that was a really nice place to do some speaking, particularly when it was just lit in that way, almost kind of like a spooky, almost pirate-ish type feel to it. Yeah, it was sort of, you know, like a place they would like hide, you know, treasure mm -hmm. chests and things like that. It just yeah. seemed like one of those things. It's not right off the beach, but it would seem like one of those places you would just drag a bunch of treasure down and hide it in there and it would just yeah. disappear. Yeah. But yeah. Very far, yeah. Far. Now, the spirit of Wanderlust is something I wanted to talk about. I think that Wanderlust and, and I think, I really think, I mean, excluding the last two years and even so inside that, some people are still managing to travel. Mm. It just depends what kind of flights you can afford, I think. But the travel, I believe, is is the kind of new luxury of, of young people today. You know, it used to be that you used to kind of leave school, perhaps go college, university, and then you'd get married, have children, settle down, get a house, dream complete. Now I think what you see a lot of the trend of people doing is going to school. Sometimes people go straight from school. They might go to college or university. But after that, they tend to like to go traveling and they travel as much as they can, as far as their money will carry them. And sometimes they just stay there, find their favorite place, stay and don't come back. I think the world's really changed a lot in that respect. Would you agree? Yeah, I completely agree. Because what you just described, my grandfather joined mm. the service got married when he got home, had a bunch of kids and they just like had that family vacation in the summer every year, that house they went to, but they were just on a, on the cycle that was just, this is your life is complete and they were happy and everything. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. But now, yeah, I can't even imagine like after I got out of university, the first thing we did was start traveling and I've noticed slowly, you know, people start having families or get serious with their careers and things. And they slowly, everybody's, evolving away from traveling with me as much as I would like them to. Yeah. But every yeah. once in a while, you know, if somebody comes back into the fold and says, I need yeah. to get out with Ahab again, we haven't seen you yeah. since college or things like that. But they yeah. And I, yeah, they succumb to the, uh, to the, to the kind of normal life as you could say, as you can put it. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that at all. Everyone no, not their, at all. No, everyone yeah. takes their own path, but yeah, it's nice that they come back into the fold and go, Hey, look, I need to, I need to, I have adventures again. Yeah. And even yeah. so, like I, I just uh, a buddy of mine. We we did research um, in college, and we played uh, soccer together and things. But the other day, he he just got a hold of me, and we ended up just playing a game online just to catch up. And we were on a, a you know a voice chat thing, but it was just nice to talk. We talked for over an hour playing a game, but we weren't really there to play the game. We were just there to sort of catch up, and it's yeah. just. That's one nice thing about COVID. It's sort of made people reach out more than I think they normally would because you're you're realizing how disconnected we've been for so long. Yeah, I agree for sure. And, um, you know, there are some good things that come out of COVID that we kind of discussed off camera. But that, that is one that is one good thing. You know, people I find do reach out more. And, and it's not, of course, it's not the same. Nothing's the same as catching up with someone right. face to face. I know that. Better than anyone, this is the longest time I live over here in Australia. All my family's in the UK, and this is the longest time I've not seen them for because of COVID. So it's tough, you know. And a lot of people are in that situation all around the world in different places. But you do find that people connect more um, and are reaching out more. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we're doing that in different ways, you know. I mean, just like this podcast right now. This podcast actually wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for COVID. And I know you were saying to me off camera before, it's been interesting for you. How you were doing a lot of speaking and now that's 
there's not large stages going on so much well there's not really right so it's kind of diversified into into podcasts and doing other things yeah and, and that's the crazy thing like i've i've spoken in front of you know a thousand people or so and that seems less nerve-wracking than just me being in i'm in this room ahab and i are just here by ourselves but just you know there's just so much on the other side of the camera not just with you but you don't know who's who's really there anymore but when you can yeah. see somebody even if it's just shadows of people in the crowd it's it's yeah. a much different feeling than it is just i don't i i'm a italian so i talk with my hands still yeah. think, you know that that sort of <laughs> joke type of thing but when i'm sitting down i can't I can't do anything, but I'm trying to hold my hands mm. together type of thing. But mm. it's it's so much different. That one thing just between sitting and standing, you know, between yeah. live and recorded. It's yeah, there, there are some differences that are definitely noticeable. Yeah. Uh, how has how has I have inspired your spirit for Wanderlust? I mean, was it did you was it like you finished college and you went on all your travels with him or had you done a bit of traveling before and got that, that hunger for it? So, yeah. So when I was 16 before this was uh, well, before I got Ahab was my first trip out of the country. I went down to the Amazon through Peru oh, wow. and went there with one of my uh, high school professors. And we had this thing where we used to joke, like every meal we were like, this is the best piece of bread we ever had, or this was the best you know, cold shower in the morning, even because there was no hot water and things. Yeah. But I think the mentality of how I experienced travel outside of my town early on with those few experiences. And then when I saw what my grandfather was doing with his friends and what I had to do in the future, I think it just set up these, not expectations, but it set up these guidelines for me. Like I, I practiced early on how to travel in terms of when I go somewhere, it's not just do it as fast as you can. It's appreciate what's around and see new things and do new things. And, you know, I was fortunate enough, this was in 2002. So the cell phone that I did have at some point was, it literally was a, you know, a brick. So it wasn't something you were just staring at or whatever. It was text messages. Each letter took, you know, three, three types of the each number type of thing to get to the right letter. So I was fortunate not to have as many distractions like that. But I think, yeah, the travel early on and having to make excuses to bring Ahab with not making excuses to, but making excuses to actually do these things because of Ahab really just set this mindset for me that I, I never had bad habits in terms of travel after that. No, well, you were, I mean, to go to someone like the Amazon at 16, that's an amazing opportunity. You know, some people to live their whole life and, and dream of going there. So I think, yeah, that's that certainly sparked sparked it within you. But you you also touched on something else there. I, it's, it made me think of the first time I went traveling and asking you the question, and that was the first place I ever went that was pretty far from home, like a long-haul flight was Thailand uh, mm -hmm. to a small play. I went to a Krabi, a small uh, a place called Tonsai Bay, which is mm -hmm. just near, near Krabi, not far from PP Islands in uh, Thailand. And that was, yeah. I remember I had a phone at the time and it was similar to what you were describing, you know, it was like, there was just, it was text messages and calls and they were that expensive yeah. to make internationally. You didn't find you made, it was like, speak to mom once a week, make sure you check in. And right. good. It was emergencies. Yeah. Yeah. That was right, essentially right. It was emergencies and there was cold showers and it was just like, um, huts on the beach. You only had power at night in, the, in this place. 
yeah. no power in the day. And I went back there 10 years later and it was a whole different story. And I was like, man, this place has changed. You know, some, yeah. some for the better, some for the worse. You had yeah. power at night, which was nice because you had AC. But it, yeah. it was a, like, amazing how much the world changed so fast. And it changed travel really as well in that. That kind of, let's say, kind of mid, mid-2000s to mm-hmm. late end of just completely changed. And the advent of, like, smartphones really changed it a lot. I think, yeah. like you said, distractions and almost the sh- the shareability of everything made those more those lesser visited places, those more places that weren't so well discovered, became a lot more open to everyone because you're like, oh, so I saw it on Instagram, so I'm going to go there. You know, right? It just changed so much. Just changed so much. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for not so much for the better. But right. Yeah, I tell people that a lot when we travel places. Like we we went places, you know, ten years ago. Even if we went back, they're not the same place no matter what. Even if you know you know that trail or things like that, it's everywhere is different. Like your experience is completely unique to your time, and it's always interesting. I don't. We try not to revisit places. Just there's so many places in the world. I definitely want to get him as many places as possible, and maybe we'll have our favorites that we'll start revisiting later on. But we're really trying to see as much as we can to figure out what we like. You know, everybody, if you only try one thing, that's going to be your favorite thing. Right. So you got to you got to have a diverse palette and then you figure out what's what your real favorites are. Yeah, I agree with that massively. I agree with that. And I think that dials into finding your purpose and your passion as well. You know, you just got to try lots of different things. And eventually one thing you'll just it'll feel right. It'll feel right within you, you know. And and you'll know you'll know you, that's that's your purpose, your passion. All it'll all tie in. But if you don't try, you're never going to know. You're just going to sell for what you've always done, mm-hmm. and who knows what you're what you're capable of and what you're what you're what value you could give back to the world if you didn't try lots of different things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I know it's difficult at the moment to plan, but have you got any plans at the minute for? I have local adventures. So yeah, we're trying to do stuff a little more local this summer for us, just trying to keep trips within sort of three hours that way, just in case COVID pivots again for, for the worst where we don't have too much planned or too much invested. Um, but we've, we were supposed to hike Everest to Everest base camp the last two Mays and that's been canceled. So that's on the back burner. Um, we have a few trips to Texas. We plan on visiting Houston to go see NASA. They invited us for a, a behind the scenes tour of some things, which oh, was really cool. Fantastic. But COVID postponed that. We Every day, we're just hoping to get that one off the bucket list. It, it, we're excited about that one. But yeah, we're trying to keep it keep it sort of close to home right now. That way, it's, it's very manageable things, like we said, because of COVID. But hopefully by the fall, we'll be out adventuring sort of as, as close to full time as we can and speaking, you know, at universities on the way type of thing. That's our, that's our big plan, but who knows? We just got to sort of roll with the punches in that sense. That's right. Yeah. As we all have, you know, at the moment, just take mm-hmm. it one day, one week at a time and um, be grateful for the good that we do have and, and the things that aren't going on, not the things that aren't. Right. It opens some doors for you, doesn't it? It really opens some doors for you getting a behind the scenes tour at NASA that's not an invite that everyone's getting for sure. <laughs> no, and that just happened. Yeah, that was, we were just at um, the, my roommate from college, who was the first 
crew of Ahab, the first person he met, um, he, he got married and it was through, through that wedding that we started talking about, uh, the NASA thing and everything, which was really interesting thing to come up. But yeah, it's, it's so crazy how many doors it opens because even with people on phones and things like that, it's still, when I carry them around, it makes people too curious. You know, they have to ask type of thing. And as soon as they let their guard down, they're putting their phone in their pocket and they're just, we're talking. And as soon as we start talking, you know, I tell them what we're doing and this is the adventure run and these are all the other things. And it instantly has them talking about their passions or their goals instead of just like the weather or, you know, the, whatever's going on or what you watched on Netflix type of thing, small talk, it gets them talking about things that they actually want to get done. And then they're connected via social media to Ahab. And Mm -hmm. I, I remind people a lot like, Hey, three months ago, you told me you wanted to do this. Where are you on that? And we talk about it and it's just, it's an ongoing discussion at that point. So it's just, like I said, even with all, you know, the distractions there are when we're traveling, so many more doors open because people look up at us in that sense, or they're, they're curious whether they think we're going to cause trouble or, you know, good or bad. We're doing both basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's it. That's a really like succinct way to kind of spark a conversation and then obviously create, create the following. Yeah. Look, follow us on our trips and, and inspire people. You know, I'd love to, love to, think how many people have actually been inspired to try new things and go to new places just through that actual process of it playing out. You know, yeah. Think, yeah. No, it's just that we, we have a handful of stories like that, that are, that are my favorites, but yeah, there's only so many I hear about and hopefully we don't need to take credit for a single one of them. We're just mm-hmm. excited when people do complete these things, but we've yeah. had people teach other people how to swim because they were all in the same group and talking about, you know, things that they knew how to do versus that, you know, that didn't. And then they'd help each other. Uh, two years ago, we were walking in uh, this little canyon in New York. It was a Glen. And this mother and her two daughters, the mother was older and her two daughters were, you know, middle age or my age. And the mother had stopped. And I guess this this trip had been on their docket for years and they, she'd always wanted to hike this. And her daughter said they come with them. And we got to her about a mile in, which was, you know, a third of the way. And she was already turning around and the daughters were going to hike up and get the car and go back and get her type of thing. And we chatted with her for a little bit and then moved on. You know, she heard the Ahab story, everything took her pictures with her. And then all of a sudden we were, you know, I'd stop and take breaks. It we're much slower than most people. And right. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden we just heard her sort of yelling behind us, like, wait for me, I'm going to hike with you guys. If you're doing it with him, I got to complete this type of thing. Yeah. And it was one of the, that's our most recent one. We're right before COVID this happened. And it was just, it always amazes me because we're not trying to pressure people to take that one more step or, you know, it's, it's always your comfort, but we do show people that if you are making an excuse like, oh, that's, you know, too far or too, cost too much or, or what it is like my burden of this 43 extra pounds cannot be as heavy as those little day-to-day excuses. And we're just trying to wipe those off the map. So you can concentrate on bigger excuses. Like if you don't have the finances or the time or whatever it is, how can you balance that out? How can you solve that problem for yourself? 
but you can't, if you can't bully or push through those, those little excuses you make every day, you're never going to get the big one off your plate. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. If you, if you get caught up in the small, don't sweat the small stuff they say, right? Yeah. You know, get caught up in the small things, they become bigger things. And before you know it, you're trying to fix them and you, and you actually haven't paid any attention to the bigger things, which are probably, probably more important in most cases. Yeah. And I think just like I was talking about with that, that nice lady that we met, it wasn't so much that she couldn't do it. It was just, she forgot why she wanted to do it, I think, mm. and talked herself out of it for a second, but just, just seeing a lawn, like it makes no sense. She, she met a lawn gnome and it completely reverted her back to her goals. You know, it's just, yeah. it's silly. It doesn't have to make sense completely, but it works every time we meet somebody yeah. and it's just exciting to, that he brings out all of these stories from people. And I know so many more people's goals and passions because of what we talk about. Cause we don't end up talking about sports or weather or whatever, you know, they watched the night before type of thing. And I'm yeah. always intrigued by those conversations that revolve around goals and, mm. and how people get there. They lead to good things. Definitely. Definitely. And they're a much more interesting conversation than talk, than small talk for sure. Mm -hmm. On that note, what are yours, some of your kind of goals and aspirations for yourself? And, and I have, obviously, there's a lot of places you want to travel to, but it seems to me there's a bit more of a bigger picture than that going on here. Yeah, so I think we've figured out the, the traveling really well at this point, you know, and, and we can do it ourselves. And now it's more about helping more people hear the story and get motivated by Ahab to do the things that you want to do. And I don't mean that in some selfish way, like everybody quit their jobs and everybody travel and things, but it's just how you manage your time and how you get the most out of your life. Whether, you know, you, you brought up skydiving before and we've been whitewater rafting and things, but we've also been to comic conventions and library openings and worked a letterpress and things like that, where it's, that might not sound exciting to some people, but a few people that are listening, their ears just perked up type of thing. Yeah. Like everybody has different passions. They don't have to be full of adrenaline to be fun. Mm -hmm. And it's just about, yeah, managing your time and, and making sure you can do it. So yeah, we're trying to, to speak more and through speaking, travel to these places, not by plane all the time or things like that, but you know, make a road trip and figure out the destinations in between and map out more places for people and show them, you know, how it's it's possible and give them more details about these places through the eyes of Ahab, basically. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I think what you've created here and, and what you've carried on from, you know, your is your grandfather still still with us or has he passed? So that's, that's yeah. the thing. It was funny. You were talking about the energy with Ahab because once mm -hmm. they passed them on to me, every one of those men passed away in the next year. Really? Wow. Oh, so, yeah. Two in a car accident. One had a heart condition. Another one had a, a liver condition. But they were all, you know, close to 80 years old or so right. type yeah. of thing. There was something, you know, we're all our weakest link will show at some point at that age type of thing. But I think, you know, it's when you retire, you need to have a hobby, whether you garden or travel or what it is. Right. And Ahab, I think, was their sort of retirement hobby it was their hobby their whole life but when they stopped doing that i think it just sort of their i don't know their energy i i always think that if they kept them they would have lived indefinitely type of thing yeah but that's it just yeah. yeah 
So now yeah. they just, you know, I have that energy and we travel with it type of thing. And, right. and hopefully I last a little longer when I pass them on and it's not some, you know, <laughs> curse I'm, I'm sure putting on this statue, but. I'm sure your grand, grandfather and all, all your uncles would be super proud to see what you've done with him and, and how far you've taken him, you know, because I guess, did they ever take him outside the States? So no, I don't believe, besides the South Pacific where they originally right. brought him, you know, yeah, that was, yeah. that's a bigger trip than any trip I've been on still, but yeah. I think anyways. But no, mm -hmm. I think they did a lot of trips. It was more like they would go uh, north and go hunting with him and just stay in a cabin. Right. Like they weren't taking pictures with him all the time or, yeah. you know, it was just this, they it's told awesome. stories around a campfire or around a, a bottle of bourbon or, you know, around yeah. a card table. They didn't. They weren't, yeah, posting things or taking pictures or framing no. them and putting them on a wall. They no. the barn was full of knickknacks and you know stolen license plates. I'm sure wherever from different places, you know, just that like yeah. the the knickknacks you keep over the years that remind you of a sentimental moment. And that was how they kept track of Ahab. Where for me, yeah. everybody that meets them and I share the story with, and they share a story with me, takes a picture with Ahab which is the only negative for COVID because I've met so many people like you and I have just met and there's no way we have to get together at some point and get a picture yeah. with you and Ahab because that's just the sure. rules we've made. Right. So I have a laundry list of people now that I have to, to coordinate pictures with, but I think it just gives us an excuse to uh, travel to more and more places. Of course he does. Yeah. You have to go over to Australia. Mm -hmm. That'd be a big trip for him. How does he fly? Where, where do you put him on the plane? <laughs> so that actually the spot on his nose right here is because I, I used to check him. That. I was going to ask, has he been damaged? No, I don't. Point? Yeah. So I don't paint his face just because it's, you know, it's, it's like if you have, he has a beard and I just shaved it off of him. You don't look mm -hmm. the same. Right. So I think if I repaint his face, he's just not going to look right. So mm -hmm. I've never, never painted his face. And that nose damage is from going on the carousel from the bags and he just getting rolled around and dropped and things. So we stopped, we stopped checking him as a bag and we went through security the first time and they let him through. And then when we get to the gate now, we tell the story and ask if there's a seat and we'd love to, you know, share it as part of the thing. It'll make everybody's time on your flight more fun and all this stuff. And almost, I would say 80% of the time now he gets his own seat if there's one available. That is amazing. And yeah. He flew first class before I ever did. Like, <laughs> we were going to Ireland and uh, yeah, we were talking like, Hey, could we put him in a seat or something? And they're like, we're not sure if there's one available, we'll, but we'll put him up in like the stewardess and stewards locker area. Mm -hmm. And we were getting off the plane. We're all coming out of coach and they're like, Oh yeah, you can come get him." And they had them all tucked in like a blanket. He had the night blinder on his eyes. He had, you know, <laughs> He, he was in a first class seat and it, I was almost upset. I was upset for, for days after that because he could have been in coach and we could have taken the seat type yeah. of thing. And it was just one of those things where even he gets more out of this than I even do. And I'm with him every day. Right. It's just, it's crazy. The life this lawn gnome gets to live when it's he's crazy. aspiring to be a pirate. Yeah. It is crazy. I mean, but, you know, I mean, let's have it right, G. He deserves that first-class seat. He is the star. You are just he the is. boy. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will be gone eventually, and he'll have another sidekick, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're a lot more than that. You're, you're the one that makes it happen, right? He wouldn't be uh, having all these adventures if it wasn't for his caretaker. Well, I'd and like I see you... it. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, I, it's funny you say that because that I say that a lot when I'm speaking to groups about how my grandfather and, you know, my uncles, his, his naval buddies there or his excuse, he would have dry rotted on a lawn by now and been, you know, maybe thrown in a fire pit or something because he's just got that old. And same for my grandfather and his buddies. They might not even like the service bonds you together with people. But I don't know if between that and Ahab is what made them get the farmhouse and get together every year type of thing. Cause if they didn't do that silly prank, I might not even know half of that side of all of those people. Never mind have this task. I could just be going to work right now, not even knowing that I, you know, gave up a hobby that, that never came to be type of thing. So yeah. it's, yeah. It's definitely, I can't think of, Anyone I've met who's got a more unique hobby, I really can't, and I don't think I ever will. It's 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 just fantastic. It's amazing. It's inspiring to me. I'm sure it inspires a lot of other people, and I know that's a big part of the purpose for you. So, congratulations on it, man. I think I think the world needs more Ahabs. It needs more Jeej. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think she'd ever paint the face. You know, he's a he's a fisherman at the end of the day. He should be a weathered-looking character. Yeah, that, kind of, I agree. Kind of, uh, yeah, it kind of answers my next question. I was going to say, like, he's got a bright, shiny coat. You must have given him a few fresh paint coats of paint over the years. Yeah, so the the front looks cleaner than it is, but he's he's uh, definitely weathered. We haven't painted him in probably since we trekked through Chile, and that was 2017. Yeah, mm. we did four months just trekking down through Patagonia type of thing. And that's the last time right before we went down there, I painted him just because I knew he'd be weathered after that trip. And it's been, yeah, almost five years. But yeah, you're still looking fresh. You're still looking fresh for not having a, a shower, as it were, for five years. <laughs> I'm going to drop your social links here in the comments so all the folks can find them. And they'll be, they'll be in the show notes as well, guys, if you want to connect with Jeeb and Ahab and follow their adventures on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube um they are they are there in the links and in the show notes i'd love to know that i'm thinking i'm like i'm trying to picture you hiking with him and i'm like how do you carry him because a normal i've done a fair bit of hiking a normal backpack doesn't matter how many liters you got you're not going to fit that guy in there <laughs> so up until we started planning forever space camp i would just shoulder him literally this is how i carry him, just like 80s boombox style you know yeah, it's just yeah, he's yeah. a huge thing on my shoulder and but for when we decided that we were going to do base camp at Everest, um, we got a an L frame backpack and I customed it to strap him in. It, it straps around him and it's just, it only fits him in a little bit of other gear. But yeah, we have a, a customized backpack now for any, it, it's opening up even more adventures to us. Not that it has to be an extreme hike like Everest base camp, but it just opens mountains up to us now that we're, you know, any type of steep elevation is almost impossible for me to carry them like I was. But so now, yeah, now coming out of COVID, we're we're starting to think about bigger places because we've now utilized a backpack that is just exponential how many more things can open up. Great for your fitness and strength as well, I'd imagine, you know, carrying an yeah, extra 43 pounds yeah. around. I was always, I, I played a few sports, you know, through the years type of thing at, you know, uh, through grade school and university, but I haven't been to the gym since type of thing. And I'm, yeah. I, mean, I think I'm doing all right, but I did. And it's all because I carry him for sure. Yeah. It's great. I did extra that you perhaps wouldn't think about on the face of it. 
Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Neej, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I'm excited to see the next of Ahab's adventures. Hopefully, this stuff gets cleared out by the fall and you can get back out there. I know you've had your jabs. I'm sure he has too. So I reckon you'll be you'll be set and good to go. But thanks for joining me on the show. Keep doing what you're doing. I think it's amazing. I think it's fantastic. Uh, cheers is all on my end, Jake. I'm just glad we stuck with it and we, we got oh, to well. have this conversation because I'm sure it always starts, you know, with a couple strangers talking one way or another. And now, you know, it'll be five years from now and we'll still be laughing about, you know, things we're planning or conversations we have or, you know, people we connect with now or even you using Ahab as an icebreaker or something in the future type of thing. Yeah, it always sure. comes around now that you're a part of it. It's it's hard not to avoid it. So oh, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it and I'll, I'll be keeping track of the adventures on Instagram. I love to travel too. So I'm sure we'll bump into each other one day and I'll get yeah, that. That's what we were saying. It might be easier just to see each other on the road for the podcast. Yeah, but, yeah. Indeed, yeah, 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 exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be, I'll trust me, as soon as I can travel, I'll be in the UK going to see my family. So if you're yeah. over that way, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll meet up and we'll go on an adventure. There's some great hikes actually in the UK to be done for sure. Yeah. All right. Cheers, my friend. That sounds good. Cheers. Take care. And thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends and family. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay hungry, and keep on hustling, folks.